Hey folks, it's Chris with the Human Project Podcast. This episode, we're gonna talk about experimentation. We're gonna talk about what does it mean to experiment as it being part of life? What is God asking us to do with open-handed things versus close-handed things? How do we help alleviate the burden of decision-making? And how do we ultimately learn with God? That's what we're gonna explore in this episode. So take a listen, let us know what you think. Hey, Mark. Hey, Chris. How's it going today? It's going good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Good. It's a good day. Yeah, it is a good day. So you brought up this topic, which we both love, experimentation as a part of life. Yeah. It's, it may sound kind of weird if we're not scientists, uh, but what, what brought that up for you and why do you love that so much? Yeah, I think... Um, a lot of the work that I do in the corporate world is getting organizations to be okay with admitting uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of relevance for that for us as human beings, just to experiment as human, yeah. to try something out as human. Mm-hmm. And I think when we approach things with this sense of certainty that something's going to turn out exactly how we think it's going to, we talked about this a little bit in our drifting versus intentionality series, Okay, but like open-handed versus close-handed goals. I think in life, if we admit it, all goals are really open-handed because we don't know how it's going to turn out. And so an experiment is us trying something with the hope that we're going to get to something and then seeing the results and changing based on what those are. Yeah. So I think for experimentation, a lot of us think of like a bad scientist with with beakers. (laughs) Like I think of like there's a cat meme of like a cat as a mad scientist. Of course. It's, if we say meme, a cat is highly <laughs> likely to be involved. Yes. It's true. Fun fact. I once had a manager that pronounced memes as maymays. It was an experiment to see what would happen. <laughs> <laughs> I will not reveal the guilty party. Nobody knew what they were talking about. That was the result of the experiment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I think admitting that we don't know how the outcome is going to turn out is a big step in us changing how we approach things. Hmm. Hmm. So why would that be important to a non-scientist to want to be that open to see what's going to happen? Uh, I think what it boils down to is we can overinvest in a path hmm. and get really, really frustrated that we go so far down the path beyond what we were comfortable in investing and find that it's not working. Okay. Yeah. Like we are so sure that if we just do this, it's going to turn out exactly the way it is. And it's like, oh, it overextends ourselves. Mm-hmm. Either we get burned out, we're sacrificing some things that we should not sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And so if we can run smaller tests, then we have more evidence that something is worth pursuing time and investment in. Okay. Yeah. So we're trying to, trying to balance out what we actually don't know, which, um, I, I think you said earlier, humility, there's a humility involved in that, right. Of being willing to look at what we don't know in the eye, so to speak and say, yep, that is not a certainty, a guarantee. Yeah. Um, and then how, how do you handle it when that's the case? That's pretty uncomfortable though. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's to me, it's bringing the uncomfortability. Mm -hmm. It's admitting that we don't know something up front Mm -hmm. instead of over investing in something bringing that discomfort 
that uncomfortableness up front. Yeah. Yeah. Because the cost of like hiding that or, or pretending it's not there, not addressing it up front is, uh, if, if I put different words to what you said, I think is kind of like a bias. We bias ourselves to having to be right. So you're saying like, bring the discomfort up front, look it right in the eyes instead of deferring it. Because it's, it's going to be there regardless of what we do. Yeah. Right. Um, that that enables us to handle it better, but it requires something of us up front, that, that humility. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think, um, the danger that we have as humans is talking ourselves into an idea that's less than optimal. Hmm. Like, oh, I'm sure it'll work out. Okay. Or we go to the other extreme and, oh, I'm afraid this won't work or that won't work or anything like that. And it prevents us from doing anything. Like we're so sure of either two of those extremes. Okay. What I'm asking, yeah. hey, there's our continuum. What I'm asking us to consider is what's the middle ground look like? Mm -hmm. Okay. What if I do this and it doesn't turn out the way that I thought it would? either in a positive way or a negative way. Yeah. How do I use that to inform the next action? Smaller, smaller steps, mm -hmm. essentially. Yeah. yeah. And humility up front is the big thing that like, I don't have all the answers as a human being. I just don't know all of the situations and all of the circumstances that are related to anything that I'm doing. Yeah. Like whether it's a new job that I'm pursuing, whether it's a new friendship I'm trying to form, don't worry, Mark. I'm not pursuing a new job. <laughs> like, sorry, is that a new slash? <laughs> yeah. No, I very much enjoy our working together. <laughs> Shoo. <Yeah. laughs> the, the way that we hold, if I put it in an analogy of like putting things in our hands, the way that we hold these things seems like it's a critical aspect, what we're talking about. Like one of the key ones being the outcome, the result. Um, and if I put that the two extremes you were just talking about on the one hand, I could put it in my hand and grasp it tightly. And I, that must be true. And I will make it happen until it fails horribly. And I've overinvested in a whole bunch of other things, probably hurt myself and others. Um, and on the other extreme, like I'm not even going to bother. Yeah. Right. Right. How, how do we hold something and keep our hands open as well to that? That seems like a healthy balance in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I think what it really boils down to is trust whether that trust is purely in ourselves and our plans and how we're going to either push through and make something happen mm. or just complete abandonment, let the circumstances work out however they work out. But I think what is most powerful for us is when, I think you've said this phrase before, when we say yes to God. I don't know exactly how this is going to turn out, but yeah. God, I trust that you're going to do something with this. And this is where an ongoing relationship comes into play. This is where community comes into play. So it's not just, hmm, did I hear from God or was that bad pizza that I ate yesterday <laughs> kind of thing? Yeah. It's um, in the business context, we call this a learning loop, right? Experimentation and learning, which is a great, you know, since I love curiosity and questions, it's a great thing to be shoved into as far as I'm concerned that we have that open-handedness and when we try something we are willing to look at the results of it now as well open-handedly and see that didn't work that did work whatever it might be as as believers we have the opportunity to look at that with god and say god what are you teaching me through yeah. that and it might not be exactly you know just what we see with our eyes um, as well as then what do we do next about it and and learn you know that's that's learning with god that's just mm -hmm. as a as a child would want to learn from their daddy um 
that is how I want to walk this out in my life. Yeah. To, to take those steps with him, faltering steps, and have him teach me step by step. He, you know, I didn't start out walking with uh, my dad going, all right, so let's talk about the marathon, <laughs> right? You know, you, just, just little tiny steps, yeah. little tiny steps. Yeah. Learning with God. I like that. I like that. So how do we set that up? Hmm. How do we set up learning with God? Like an experiment. Wow, we're going to apply to apply the applying of it. This is meta to the meta. Okay, <laughs> that sounds fun. So how can we experiment with experimenting with God? Is that, that's what you're... Yeah, I think um, something... I'll answer my own question. Perfect. <laughs> something that comes to mind for me when we talk about experimentation, and I wonder if it translates. So let's let's try it and let's explore. Okay. Like an experiment. experiment. So you don't know how it's going to turn out. It. This is a theme of our podcast is we don't know exactly how something's going to turn out, but we like to try things and like we sense and feel and pray that God is pulling us in a direction for something. Mm. And that's, that's what guides a lot of our decision-making. Yeah. But for this context, uh, when we talk about experimentation in the business world, we say we believe that doing X is going to result in Y. And sometimes we'll measure it by Z. Yeah. We'll observe if that happened. Don't worry, this is not as complicated as algebra. Yeah. Solve for X. Go. Yeah. <laughs> I like the ones that they say find X, and it's just a kid circling X on the on the page. Right here the whole time. That was easy. <laughs> if only experimentation would be that easy. But it really is. It's just saying, what are we doing, and what do we think the result of that is going to be? It's kind of putting ourselves in the future and imagining something coming to play. And articulating that. Like literally saying it out loud or writing it down yeah. can help us find that muscle and try, try, try putting it into an experiment, try and be open-handed about it to write it down like that. I, I think that by doing this, we, this will result that that can actually shift our brain into that type of thinking. I like it. Yeah. So uh, an example is I'm going to have this tough conversation with a family member. Mm. And a lot of times we just leave it at that. Yeah. And we go into it, like whatever happens, happens in. And maybe that's, maybe that's the way to approach it. Maybe it's not. But what we can do is put ourselves in the future and say, if I approach the confrontation or the situation like this, what do I think the likely result of that is going to be? Yeah. And then we can start to head that off or think of other ways that we might be able to do it mm -hmm. and go back to our facilitation uh, shape of a conversation like maybe there's other ways that we could have that conversation and yeah. pick that. It's kind of like testing that out as we go, a mental, mm -hmm. mental test. Mm -hmm. I think one of the beauties of this approach that you've just described is that to me anyway, it lightens the load of the decision-making, like walking into that conversation you're talking about with a relative, I would tend to want to like do it perfectly about, I'm a recovering perfectionist. So I'm mm -hmm. expressing that, right? I, I want to do this perfectly. I want the conversation to be like amazing. If I'm going to articulate an outcome, it probably would be that, you know, we're hugging and high-fiving at the end, whatever it is. Right. Um, or else I'm disasterizing the whole thing and everything's going to be horrible. Uh, <laughs> but how do you hug and high-five at the same time? Uh, I didn't say at the same time. Okay. okay. <laughs> I just had that mental picture. It's just a question of which order it's happening. And that's what I'm curious. That's what I'm going to experiment on. <laughs> 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 no. but with a small experiment i'm i might recall the last conversation we had and say what could be a small thing that might make it a little bit better this mm -hmm. time yeah right 
and, and maybe it's just, I want to try to hear more of their perspective before I offer my own, like count to, you know, count to a hundred while I'm listening to their perspective, <laughs> give, give, give them a minute mm-hmm. before I start chiming in. And that's the only thing I'm trying just to see what the effect of it is. When I'm able to do that, then that's, that's a lot easier to walk into and a lot, I guess I say lower expectation. Another way of looking at it is a shorter term type of thing, which is typically more where I find myself. I'm going to try something for just a little bit instead of, if I don't say anything, as I like to say, the assumption is forever and ever. Amen. When I'm making Mm -hmm. a decision from now on, I'm going to, it's just a huge decision really. Right. And if I have to change it later, then, oh my gosh, well, I made a mistake. Well, you know what? If I really don't know for sure what's coming up, then making a decision that I'm just going to try for a day, for five minutes, for a week, whatever it is, a short-term thing, and then come back to it. That's that's a lot easier decision for me to make. Yeah, because it's a lot smaller of a decision to make instead right. of got to get the perfect yeah. thing from the very get-go. Right, which is way too much load for any decision like that to bear. Yeah, yeah. It's, like you said, it's it's freeing to approach it that way. So you mentioned something that I'm uh, guessing others can relate to is this perfectionistic nature of, oh, I need to know all the answers right now. Yeah. So that I can make the perfect decision yeah. right now. So there's a couple powerful questions we like to use when we're coaching people. And one of them is like, what happens if you can't make the perfect decision? Sometimes that's just a mental loop for somebody to process like, what do you mean I can't make a perfect decision? Of course I can make a perfect decision. Divide by zero. But getting folks to explore that, like what if that's not possible? What if there's no perfect option? Yeah. It's unknowable. Yeah. Actually, that's actually a really, like I want to say I hate that question, but but I love the question at the same time. It It is what I need so many times because it challenges me about an assumption I don't even realize, like the glasses that which through which I'm looking at the situation, mm. I don't even realize that they're there. Yeah, a question. different perspective. Yeah, shows them to me. Yeah, yeah. So think through, so the advice is think through, uh, what are you trying? What do you think the likely result is going to be? How do you make a smaller decision? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else? What else have you seen work out well from experimentation? I think, you brought this up earlier, so I'll just bring it out and like expand on it a little bit. But community is really important mm-hmm. um, to have people asking those challenge questions, you know, those really good, um, insightful questions that help me see my perspective or another perspective. And to walk through when I'm trying to make a decision or after I've tried something, either of those can be really uh, helpful to have outside perspective, to have others involved in it. I think that's. That's what we were made for. Get it outside of our heads um, and help us take it to God. Yeah. And I think that's ultimately where I want this conversation to go. Mm. Because we talked about uh, dependence and responsibility and all of that in a prior episode. Mm -hmm. I think that influences a lot of this as well. Of us having the need to hold something and say, I need to figure out all the pieces involved with this in order to get to the perfect thing. Yeah. Versus an experiment of God, what's what's the next right thing? Mm-hmm. It's a question uh, my pastor Mark Jones always asks. What's the next right thing? And I hate that question because I'm like, oh, I want to figure out the next twenty things yeah. and the steps all the way to get there. But 
for us as human beings, our responsibility lies in the next right thing. Maybe the next right thing is planning. That's not a bad thing. Maybe they could be the, the best thing that we have to do, but what's the next right thing to do? Yeah. And like you said, community, and then ultimately like your relationship with God. No question. Foundational. Not just like reading your Bible every day and praying every day, but like, what does that look like? Like, how are you and God communicating? Yeah. Yeah. I'm back to the picture of a daddy, you know, with a young child teaching them something or, or even a master craftsman, mm. right? Mentoring mm. their apprentice. There's relationship and there's deep relationship there. And without that, I'm not going to learn. I'm just going to be wandering around hoping that I happen to figure out how to craft this thing. So that relationship with God is essential because I want to be able to ask God, like, what do you want me to know about this mm. as I'm making a decision or after I've tried an experiment that, or in the midst of it, I, I want that connection with him. And I think that's some of the, in my opinion, that's some of the, it's like subtext of Jesus and what he did while he was here physically yeah. is that he's constantly, I mean, he revealed it a little bit in, in John just saying like, I'm constantly talking to the father. I'm doing what the father's doing. I'm, I'm, what is God up to? I'm doing that. Like, that's how I want my relationship with God to be. Those are the experiments I want to run. Yeah. God, I think I hear you saying this. Is that what you're saying? I may not get it. I was crystal clear, but let me, let's make that the experiment. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a really good point that I wasn't considering. Um, I tend to look at it from like involve God in making the decision, but you're opening up a much wider door than that. Not just mm -hmm. involve God while you're making the decision, involve God while you're doing the thing right. after the decision yeah. and say, God, what do you want me doing next? And right. constantly reevaluating yeah. and going through that, that learning with God loop. It's not like God says, okay, so here's what I need you to do. Go off and do it and then come back after you're done. Don't come back till you're done. Yeah. <laughs> See you in a couple of years, I'm God. Give you the next assignment. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's deeper relationship than that. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I, I think it would be worth considering. Um, I think it'd be worth considering for all of us. Like, what are we struggling to either make a decision about? What are we fearful mm -hmm. about looking in the eye of, of the unknown? looking the unknown in the eye is supposed to be the right way to say that. <laughs> um, and, and lean into that in community with God and say, what, what is the next small thing that I could do the next right step or the next best step that I could take, uh, with God and in community to, to learn, give that a shot. See if that's helpful for you. We'd love to hear if there's a situation, if there's a circumstance you're going through that ties in with that. And let us know what else you'd like to hear. What else would be helpful in this experimentation thing? We're just scratching the surface on this now. Mm -hmm. And if there's more things you'd like us to talk about, let us know. We'd love to hear that. We'll see you next episode. See ya. Hey, folks. Thanks for tuning in today. Behind the mics, you've got myself, Chris Conlon, and Mark Wavell. And our lead editor is Derek Donnelly. We are a crowdfunded nonprofit. Most of what we do is free because of your generous support. Thank you for joining us in our mission to bring a million lives closer to fullness in God's design. To support us financially or to learn more, visit humanproject.us. We'll see you next episode.